everybody. This is John with Ubaldi Report. We're coming back with you. We're doing a Veterans Day message since tomorrow is Veterans Day. But also, today is the Marine Corps birthday. And since I served 30 years with three combat tours in Iraq with the Marines, and my good friend and fellow co-host, Big Bad Joe Bitts, served eight years in the Marines. Ten years. Excuse me. Ten years, as he said. Ten years in the Marines. And he was wounded in combat when he stepped on the IED in Iraq, he's fine now. He's got both all four of his limbs, so he's doing good. A little bizarre in the brain, but that's big Joe bits. Hey, that's you know you so can't get you can't get them all. So how are you doing, Joe? So it's like I'm the crazy one, right? Yeah, Joe is the out of both of us. You're I'm the, more the straight laced kind you're of. You're the you're the boring guy. Yeah, I'm the boring guy, and, and Joe's the fucking wild and crazy. <laughs> if you ever got a chance to watch the movie The Hangover. All those guys, that's Joe. Okay. I'll take that. And which was kind of funny. I saw it over the weekend. Are you saw, are you, wait, is this like the first time you saw The I Hangover? I saw bits and bits and pieces, but when I was staying with a friend um, friend of mine, he we turned on The Hangover, and we, I thought it was the funniest thing. Okay, so like in my Marine Corps experience, that was like maybe like one day. Yeah, I just... <laughs> Where it's like... I would, and I would do this with Aaron. I would look at that, but I know exactly what that feels like. I know exactly how. Well, there was times when I was mentioning we were doing amphibious operations and they put us on ship. Uh-huh. So we get on the ship, then they gave us um, like 24 hours leave. So we went out, was myself, a couple other senior staff NCOs, and we got a room and everything. And then they got lit up. And I, being Mormon, was the designated driver. So. One of the Marines got so blitzed that we nicknamed him Eyebrow okay. because one of the Marines shaved one of his eyebrows off. <laughs> then he was in the car, yeah. and we were on a slant, and I had to unbuckle the seatbelt. And I made the mistake of unbuckling the seatbelt and trying to go around and open the – when I opened the door uh-huh. before – when I opened the door before I got around, and he just, like, goes out and just dives into the cement like he was diving. I'm like – and I thought, oh, great, get some towels. He's going to be – and he was nothing. nothing. So, so I have a story, but I don't think I could tell it on here because there's one listener that probably listens to you because she likes listening to you. Who's that? My ex. Oh, yeah. Okay. So I can't really tell that story. Okay, well, we'll, we'll defer it to another <laughs> we, time. We should do that for, like, Upaldi reports, like, declassified or something like there that. There you go. <laughs> but Marine Corps birthdays, I mean, I mean, they're crazy. Oh, my gosh, they're nuts. I mean, like, we're doing – I mean, you weren't that much of a – you weren't a drinker. No. But, we're, like, we're, like, doing keg stands in the parking lot. We're running to our cars. We're grabbing bottles, grabbing shots. Well, just so for our listeners, for those who weren't in the Marine Corps – even though the other branches they celebrate their birthday, but the Marine Corps, I think the Marine Corps is the only one that has a ball uh-huh. every year. And I remember when I was in Afghanistan, we were going to have this is when I first was there, and I was at Bagram, and it wasn't like it is when the uh, troops pulled out. Yeah. So we had this bombed out building that they transitioned into a, a chow hall. Mm-hmm. So we used that, and the colonel of the base goes. Have you guys thought of maybe just canceling the ball? <laughs> and all of us are like, no way. I canceled. That's a double sign fitness report for me. And he told me later, it made it sound like I told you, like I told, like, like, I just informed you your mother died. Yeah. 
I go, you just don't do that. And that became one of the best balls because we had coalition forces there. Yeah. They had their senior enlisted and their, 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 their commanding officer. And I remember there's a Sergeant Major who was in charge of the air wing. Mm-hmm. And he didn't really want to. He wasn't pol- politically astute, meaning I was said, we're in a coalition environment. Mm-hmm. Why don't you invite the other coalition countries, like their senior enlisted and their commanding officer? Yeah. So then we get to the, the 82nd Division commander really gave a really great speech. And then we get into the dancing part because at the Marine Corps ball, it's like a prom. You have a, a mingling hour, then you have a ceremony, dinner, and then you go to dancing. But everything's done in one spot. So we get to dancing, and all, and that was like the hottest ticket on the base. Everybody wanted to go. So anyway, we got they had Air Force, some Navy, but Air Force Marines and stuff. And I said, when the Marines come in, why can't these Air Force females, you know, sailors, I mean, excuse me, airmen and soldiers invite some of the Marines. Mm-hmm. Soon as they landed, they descended on the airport. They want, take me to the ball. And be like, what ball? And then I, my name got floated out. So anyway, we get to the dancing part of the ball. And all the Americans are dancing with themselves. And I said, not trying to pimp the girls. I said, listen, let's, why don't you dance with the coalition? And I go up to the co- one of the coalition officers was female. I goes, ma'am, could I have this dance? So once I broke the ice, then they it, it was like there it was a great time. Everybody had a blast. Obviously, there was no alcohol because we couldn't drink on the base, but everybody had a great time. Everybody had a great time. So I'm just trying to. So I do have a where there's a group in here of my first. So my first battalion. Which was it was awesome. I mean, I'm just trying to because like some of the stories like you were talking about the coalition forces. So one night, one time we were in like uh, Romania, and we were like on the verge of having like an, an international incident because the Marines wanted to go ahead and play football. So we're introducing football to them, and it's just as soon as as soon as there was a ball in a hand, it was just like tackle whoever has the ball kind of deal. And I, it was just like so rough. Like I mean, we were you know the only U.S. force there. We're having a football game going. We're going against whatever coalition, or actually it was a NATO engagement. So whatever NATO area was there at the time. So whatever country we were going up against, you know, the Romanians or like I think they're trying to introduce like Ukraine or something like that. Anybody that was in that like area, they were kind of getting introduced to American football by a bunch of Marines. I mean, it's just it's fun times when you do that. But I've had some really great balls that it was just. I went to one ball in 2000, which is for some of our older listeners would remember. I had my commanding officer was G. Gordon Liddy's son. Gene Gordon Liddy was one of the key components of the Watergate break-ins with Richard Nixon. So he spoke and he was intense. He was an intense little man, but it was it was nice. But then we had some great guest speakers. But then the, it was, you always remember the ball itself. Mm-hmm. Everybody gets together. It's just I had a great time. This year I wanted to go, but the the unit that I was going to go to they canceled their ball for the second year in a row because I guess COVID restrictions and max vaccine mandates and all that stuff. But mm-hmm. I mean. It's fun. I mean, the Marine Corps really goes all out. You get all dressed up in your dress blues. You wear your medals and your ribbons. 
your date gets all dressed up in a formal gown and it's just it's a great way to build that esprit de corps with each other because now you're in a social setting. Well, definitely the camaraderie as well. Oh, I love that stuff. That's one thing I missed about the Marine Corps is the Marine Corps ball. I've had a blast. But it's just – it'd be interesting if anybody's listening to this on TikTok who was a Marine. Hey, t- type in what you thought if you have any Marine Corps balls or we can hold your questions to them. We can discuss it in greater length. Well, I mean, Mad Marine on TikTok, she's usually yeah. engaging with us. Yeah, Mar- was it um, – Mad Marine? Yeah, her name is her yeah, her her TikTok handle is Mad Marine. Mad Marine 86. But anyway, so the, she uses I wonder what year she was born. Uh, <laughs> but it would be neat to I just missed that. Like I go to the gym every morning. There's a couple of Marines who are in active duty from the reserve unit. They're the site they're the support staff for them, the yeah. INI staff. So I talk to them all the time about what's going on in the Marine Corps and it's it's just nice. I kind I really love the Marine Corps from no matter where you go. It's like that screaming thing. You see another Marine who was in the Marine Corps. You're like, ah. So when was the point where you became, where you went from like Marine to like veteran Marine? What was the, because I think there's, I, there's two types of veteran. Okay. There's a veteran that, yes, you serve, but then there's a combat veteran. I think as once I came back from combat from my first tour in Afghanistan in 2002. I would have thought it would be like the first step into Afghanistan would be, well, my, hey, I'm officially a combat vet. Well, yeah, I'm, I'm, leaving, a, I'm leaving here. Well, I just remember when I first went into combat, That the, the scariest thing that I have was going through my mind is, am I going to do what I'm supposed to do? Yeah. And then when I went into Iraq, I know it was different for you because I was in a civil affairs unit attached to an infantry brigade. Mm-hmm. You were down at the battalion level. I mean, going out on patrol, I mean, I didn't go out a lot, but I went out on some patrols. I just wanted to do the job that I was trained to do. And would I be able to do, handle myself under fire when it came to that? Yeah. And then I remember there was one instance, um, we were at the government center in Ramadi mm-hmm. and we got hit. For like a four-hour battle. Yeah. I mean, I was inside because that's what our job was. And we all manned these different positions. But, you know, they always said that you don't fight for country. You don't fight for flag. Mm-hmm. You fight for your fellow Marines. Well, I had two Marines were waiting at the vehicle outside. Mm-hmm. And that's all I thought of was those two Marines. Yeah. I got to get out there and help protect them. And I think that's what hit home was everybody was correct. You don't fight for fam- um, for country. You don't fight for flag. When you get into combat, you fight for the, the your fellow Marine to the right, left, front, and back of you. Yeah. So that was that was kind of interesting. You know, the idea of a big veterans have changed since when did you get out? I got out in 2014. Okay, I left in 2006. So I still have like this mentality but the mentality has changed over the course of since even like when you left no i would agree when i retired in march of 2014 we had my retirement ceremony and everything that was really nice now that it's it's i still reflect on my marine corps service Mm -hmm. i still talk to some of the marines i served with yeah but I think it's different because I chose to retire. I was at my end of my um, 30 year in the Marine Corps, and I'm sure the other shows probably the same. It's either 30 years or age 60. Yeah. I wasn't close to age 60, but I hit 30 years. Okay. Once I got back from Afghanistan, I had a year left before I hit eight, before I hit 30 years in the Marines. And I put my retirement papers in. Yeah. 
And that was the greatest year of my life because I didn't have to be in charge of nothing. I could just go talk to the Marines. Mm-hmm. But I chose to retire. That was my cho- – I was at, the, I was at the, the highest level I could get, E9. I was one of the most senior Marines in the Marine Corps in my MOS by three years or four years over anybody else. So when I chose to retire, it – I'm not saying it flipped, but I chose – I didn't regret leaving. Mm-hmm. I missed the Marines. I would do it again. If war goes, I would try to get back in as best I could. But I know other Marines who were forced out for a variety of reasons. Either they, like one Marine I know, didn't do his leadership courses that he should have done. So when he got to 20 years or close to it, he had to, he had to be forced out and retire. He's always trying to relive those glory days. And it's almost like a prisoner who's been institutionalized. Yeah. I left the Marine Corps on my terms. I know I was ready to retire. I have no regrets. So I, I just, I really love being in the Marines. I mean, I love wearing the uniform. I wore it for my vet, not Veterans Day, Memorial Day, just to commemorate all those who gave the ultimate sacrifice. Mm-hmm. So I, I still, I mean, obviously... I got the shaved head because I was losing hair, not because I did it on purpose. So I'm sure, pretty sure Jimmy's going to bleep this out, and I hope he does. <laughs> but I, I, I consider the Marine Corps like an old ex-girlfriend, where it's just like they just like they fucked you so good they can't you can't stop talking about them. <laughs> yeah, I can see that. There was some, there were some. Um, really good moments. Yeah. There's also some challenging and not some fun moments. Well, I mean. I remember. Okay, okay, so we did we did NATO event or or I think for the Fourth of July. If I'm trying to remember, I think we did a Fourth of July in Italy, Naples. Okay, and this is when like all the top brass and they hop on the ship and stuff like that. Well, one of the moments I can remember is that they wanted to clean the ship. They clean the ship like top to bottom. So. What they did one time was like, hey, all hands on deck, go out to the the, the helo pad, and everybody's out there, and it you, you crack open the door to the ship, and it is completely, like, white. Like, you're getting, like, just blinded by all how white the surface is because everybody's just, like, scrubbing. You know, they're just, like, trying to clean the deck as, as much as possible. And, you know, everybody's just having a good time, just, like, clean it and then all of a sudden they throw the the deck sprinklers on and then you just like see a bunch of marines that turn into like you know seven-year-olds and they're just like running through the freaking sprinklers and i can only imagine like the command on top they're just like watching like us like like a bunch of like you know monkeys like what the hell are these guys doing that's what i love about the marine yeah. corps marine corps does the most bizarre things at that moment's notice, yeah. it just they just do. But I, I, another another thing that happened to us, same ship, and we're headed back into Virginia. We're headed back into the dock. All of a sudden, I think like three pistols came up missing, and you, you're, and all the Marines are like, "What are they going to do? They need to find these guns." And it came up to like, "Hey, if we can't find them, we're going to be hanging off the coast where you can see land." Where you know you're going to be able to see where you're supposed to be docking, and we're not going to go there until we find these guns. And like every marine in there must have been like, I mean, at like an eleven of how pissed off they were. And those guns came up really quick. <laughs> they do. I mean, marines are 
And then it's like every Marine has like a billion knives. Yeah. It's like disarming the, the Russia or something. It's like everybody's got knives everywhere. Well, that's what I got. Aaron got me that for, I want to say Christmas, like two years ago. I don't I don't know. The, the 2020s, it was like screwed me all up. Yeah. But she gave me like a, a, a Marine Corps like issue bayonet. Oh yeah, and like the ba- like the good ones now, not those little like Vietnam World War Two. Like... No, no, I know which one you're talking about. So, and that's kind of fun. And then you like you break that out, and everybody's like, "What?" <laughs> but it's just funny that the Marines do some strange things. Strange. I mean, we did a um, for um, a hike for ju- uh, ju- juvenile diabetes. Okay, and we were the lead group going out, and we came back first. They had all this table set up with food, mm-hmm. concessions. Marines went through that like locusts. They were <laughs> stuffing things in their pockets, stuffing things in their mouth. Yeah. And I remember one person said, oh, my God, we got to get over there. Marines are going to go through like they're going to take everything. I mean, I think a few of us almost got arrested in San Juan and Puerto Rico while we're watching. I think it was like the Denver Broncos versus the, the Green Bay Packers. I th- there was like in some some area called San Juan. I don't know if it was in Spain or I don't know if it was in friggin' like Puerto Rico, but I know that we had that kind of like that stuff going. So I mean, it's just like wherever we go, you know, it's just like it's a it's a holy crap moment for everybody else. Oh, it is. I mean, Marines are just let's be honest, they're friggin' animals. Yeah. <laughs> but when crap when crap hits the fans. And they know the Marines are coming. Mm-hmm. Everybody goes like, oh, crap. Well, that's everybody. Everybody's like, these are some crazy cats. But when you are when you want like a war fighter, these are the kind of guys you want right next to you. Exactly. I mean, it's just, well, history is um, ripe with that. I remember during the, I don't remember that, but I remember the stories during the Korean War. One of the soldiers went up to the legendary commander, Chesty Puller, when he was a Fulbright colonel. Okay. And he said, don't have your Marines take off their leggings. And this is at the time the Marines wore leggings like they did in World War II. Mm -hmm. And the Army, I guess, transitioned out of them. Mm -hmm. They didn't wear them. He said, don't have your Marines take off the leggings. And he goes, why? Because the North Koreans are scared to death of the Marines. When they see the leggings, they know that's not a soldier, that's a Marine. So it's just, it's, it's interesting. Awesome. Hey, we just got a like on TikTok. Oh, there you go. We're, we're moving forward. I know. That's but, like I mean, eight this, cents now we got total. I mean, this is what we talk about Marines, but tomorrow is Veterans Day. Yeah. And just so everybody knows, I know everybody probably on TikTok knows this, or at least who are a veteran. The difference between Memorial Day and Veterans Day. Memorial Day is for all those who gave the ultimate sacrifice for the freedoms that we enjoy today. Veterans Day commemorates all veterans, those who are currently serving and those who are not serving anymore. And then Armed Forces Day commemorates all those who are serving in the Armed Forces of the United States. So I just wanted to throw that out. But, I mean, Veterans Day, I always remember every veteran. I remember my service. I remember those who served. I remember my older brother who passed away a couple years ago. He served his country in the Navy. He did about 10 years. He served in Grenada, and he served in Lebanon with the USS Independence, in both spots. And he was very proud of his service. He did a lot of stuff with the VFW, American Legion. Mm-hmm. And I know when he passed away, we had to make a decision where we were going to have him rest. Well, I know he would have wanted to be buried 
at a military cemetery. So he's buried at or laid to rest at the military cemetery outside of Sacramento. And they did a very nice ceremony. The Navy did a really great job. They had the Patriot Riders bring his remains to the cemetery, and it was a very poignant and memorable funeral for him. And I remember we worked with the um, the VA in the funeral home. We got a – this is about the only thing that they'll pay for mm-hmm. is they got a white um, marble stone. I think that's marble, which he had his, you know, when he – was born when he died the service he was in and what conflict that he served under and you know we should actually do a podcast on that because i was under the false assumption that like if i pass away i get a plot i get a casket oh yeah right in the dream world you know i thought i got i, got, I thought I, the same thing I, thought I got a free burial oh hell no <laughs> free burial i thought the same thing and they were like oh what part of what planet are you from the only thing they'll give you is if you're destitute, they'll give you like three, four hundred bucks. Okay. Other than that, you're on your own. Now, if you get buried at a military cemetery, they paid for the the burial and the well, I mean the the layman arrest, and then they paid for the headstone. Other than that, you're on your own. Okay. So that was a rude awakening for me. Now but we should. I think. I mean, there's an opportunity here for us to well, either one have our own nonprofit where, hey, maybe we can help. You know, bury. You know, military members. Well, that would be nice because it's expensive. Yeah, it's really expensive, and it kind of happens all of a sudden. And you know, the circumstances are really, you know, a lot of, of military guys after they leave, they're kind of like hand to mouth. Now, the funeral home does a lot of the the legwork for you. Mm-hmm. They'll work with the VA. They'll work with whoever that that need to work for to get the burial, but. You have to pay for the burial. You have to pay for the cremation or bury him in a casket. So we went, we buried it, we cremated him. That yep. was far cheaper than an actual full burial in a casket. Now, that is a question I still need to get up with. Maybe you might know it. What's up? Is that if someone of the military, if a military member was cremated and you have their ashes, is there a place you can place those ashes in Arlington? No, there same, has to be something with Arlington. There's certain requirements and I've got to go back and look at what the requirements are. I know you have to be in combat to go to be buried in Arlington. There's a certain procedure. Okay. Not every veteran can be buried in Arlington. Got it. And now don't quote me. I'll do the research. Mm-hmm. You might be different. Because you were a combat, you were a combat veteran, but you were a Purple Heart recipient. Okay, I think they you have to have combat awards to get buried at Arlington. I would have to go back and look at that yeah. because now they're starting to tighten the requirements because they're starting to um, the, it's starting to fill up. It's getting yeah. conge- congested. It's getting it's getting full. I almost guaranteed you have to be combat uh, a combat. Um, Military personnel, but have a combat award. I told my wife to just bury me in the backyard. So, I mean, I don't really have to. I don't need that kind of. No, but I mean, for for the public's knowledge, not every veteran can be there. You have to have been in combat, and I almost guarantee you have to have a combat award like a Purple Heart on up. Otherwise, you're not going to be able to be buried there. Yeah, but I mean, what happens when they run out of space? Do they buy more, or do they just? No, what the, my guess is what they would do. They would really tighten up even more the requirements. I think they should 
tighten up and not have some of these elected officials who never served in the military. I think they need to tighten it up where only those who served their country in the military, in combat, and got a combat decoration should be buried at Arlington. So wait, non-military? Can be buried there. That is, I, I don't approve of that. Well, maybe that's one of the things they have to tighten up. Now, what you could do is be buried in other military cemeteries across the country, like my brother was buried in Sacramento mm-hmm. Military Cemetery. So maybe they do that. But. There's, there's plenty of not military. What's the national cemeteries? Yeah, they're all over the country. Yeah, so I mean, you can be buried, I guess, anywhere when it comes to that. Yeah. So, but I mean, Veterans Day, and having served thirty years, I've noticed a change in the military culture mm-hmm. for the country because when I first joined the Marines in 1982, the though I mean, most of the people. Okay, maybe state this again. When I joined in '82, the World War II generation was ending its service to its country, meaning they were retiring. They were hitting retirement age. They were about 65. Yeah. Around there. When I got activated after 9-11, everybody was like, oh, that's great. You ser- you're you serving our country. You're such a hero. Da, da, da. When I went to Iraq, it started to change. It was like, oh, half the country was supportive of you. Other half is like, oh, sorry, you got to go. Then when I went to Afghanistan in 2012, it became, wow, sucks that you got to go. Why are we still there? And now it's 2021. There's very few members of any of the the, um, the institutions of America. And I mean like government. I mean the, the entertainment world, athletic, news, whatever. Yeah. When the World War – two generation they transformed america because by 1949 half of all veterans on college excuse me half of all students on college campuses were veterans yeah today when i got act, off active duty in 2012 i went back home i i went a full year before i ran into anybody that served in iraq or afghanistan mm-hmm. vast majority of the congress both republicans and democrats have never served I would say it's about 20% or less. Now, there's a um, guy named Jimmy T. Smith, who's the president of the Concerned Veterans for America, Florida chapter. He said there's about 22 million veterans in America. About 9 million probably use the VA every now and then, and 6 million use it every day. Well, the World War II generation, they're dying off. Mm -hmm. They're just really dying off. So we're going to drop from 22 million probably in the next few years we're going to be down to probably 15, 16 million. Mm-hmm. And then the Korean War. So now there's going to be very few individuals who've served. Now you go to the media. When I was in Afghanistan the first time, we did the celebration or remembrance for um, 9-11. And a lot of the reporters were asking me, so what does a captain do? They were asking me basic questions that, 20, 30 years ago, you wouldn't have to ask because they had served their country. Mm-hmm. Now most people, and I would tell the listeners here, go to your your place of employment and just kind of ask around. Go to your, your place of worship. Go to your place of organizations that you hang out at and just do your own basic survey. How many people do you know serve their country? Yeah. And it's very few. And then I was talking on my radio show today. He asked about recruitment. I said, I don't have the figures in front of me. But which I did see a while back ago 
those who joined the military had some connection to the military through a relative, like a parent, a brother, an uncle, or whatever. So, and then most of the veteran, most of the military personnel are coming from the southern states into the Carolinas, where you don't see too many people from California anymore. There's very few who are coming from the north northeast. Yeah. So you have a a problem in the military on this aspect. Well, the military value system is far distant, disconnected from the civilian value system. Mm-hmm. So. Before, they used to be fairly close. Now there's like a loggerhead where duty, honor, commitment means something. Yeah. Where civilians see it differently. Like in the military, and I'll be the first to admit, America is not a perfect country. There is no perfect country in the world. Yeah. But that said, we have our own problems. We have racism. We have homelessness. We have economic disparity. But this is still by far the best country in the history of the world. My father fought against America and he was embraced by America. I work with people at a restaurant where they come from Cuba, Ecuador, Venezuela, and they all said, I left socialism to come to America because there's freedom. Many people do that. And I think today, I think the young people don't quite understand what America is. America is always evolving. As Abraham Lincoln said, that's why he wanted to abolish slavery, because it diluted the true meaning of what Thomas Jefferson said. Yeah. And if you go back to Abraham Lincoln, the Lincoln-Douglas debate, he said Abraham, Thomas Jefferson was flawed. He talked about equal justice, or he talked about all men are created equal. And as Lincoln said, okay, if all men are created equal, why are some free and some not? Yeah. So he said the only way for America to reach its highest goals is to eradicate slavery. But he said America was an institution where we're growing, we're evolving. Mm-hmm. What we were 30 years ago is far different now. But I don't think people are taught what America is. We see too many of our athletes complain about America, but they make money off America. Yeah, You see too many individuals despise what this country is about but they don't go anywhere anywhere else and i look at congress uh, congresswoman ilar omar she came from somalia but yet she criticizes america my question to her is why did you choose this country if you hate this country so much and what it stands for why didn't you immigrate to europe well why didn't you immigrate to china and all these other countries well, because America offers you the freedom to say what you want to say about this exactly. country, whether it's not popular or not. And free, and that's the whole thing what the veterans provide. They provide the freedom for freedom of speech, freedom of assembly. Now, freedom of speech, as I know I mentioned routinely, Jonathan Turley has always said, it's not the protection of popular speech. It's the protection of speech that you don't find too popular or you don't find or most reprehensible. That's the speech you need to protect. And people may agree with me or disagree with me, but freedom of speech is the hallmark of this country. We have this enshrined of our Bill of Rights. We're the only country that has a Bill of Rights. We're the only country that has a government of the people, for the people, and by the people. So I just think veterans understand that probably more than anybody else. They understand the Constitution. Yep. And because 
just like you had said, we've traveled all over the world, and I've seen places that are not that great. Mm-hmm. And I've seen people would die to come to the United States. So with that, I want to maybe we should maybe do a podcast for Patreon. Correct. Where we can kind of get a little bit more, I guess, liberal with our marine stories. Because, I mean, in the span of my 10 years, I've seen a lot of stuff. Oh, yeah. So I can only imagine, like, you have probably seen probably about three to four times that amount. Oh, yeah. So why don't we just go ahead and let the people know how they can get a hold of us? You you can get a hold of us by going to UbaldiReports at gmail.com. That's UbaldiReports at gmail.com. And before Joe flaps his gums, I did check that today. Okay. And I haven't seen anybody uh, submit things. So, again, go to UbaldiReports at gmail.com to say what you think of this, what questions you wanted to answer. You can go to Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. Check Ubaldi Reports group on Facebook. And keep liking us on TikTok. We're over 2,700. We're trying to get to that elusive 10,000 so we can really start making some money so we can invest more in more uh, quality and more better equipment. So, Well, helps. why don't you also, you wrote a book, didn't oh, you? Oh, yeah. I wrote a book called The New Business Brigade. You can get that on Amazon. It's called The New Business Brigade. And what that says, it's a little different. It's telling the business community why they need to hire a veteran and why a veteran is their next best hire. So let's see what else you got here. Well, also let the people know, well, okay, so we have a live streaming on Twitch. We have live streaming on YouTube. We have live streaming on Facebook. And we are also on, well, John is on TikTok. When I get a 1,000 followers, we'll be doing a live on uh, TikTok. So for Joe, go to every, was it Everything Dad? Yeah, Everything Dad. Go to Everything Dad. And especially those who are dads, it's a good way to kind of talk about funny things that you've seen in your family or your kids or your wife. Yeah. Be careful what you say about your wife, because <laughs> she may beat you like a tom-tom if you say something negative. Pretty much. Because uh, I know Joe's wife will beat him like, if he does anything to anger his wife, I don't know Joe, Joe's not my friend, because <laughs> his wife will track him down like a dog. Yep. I said, no, please. All right. Let's go. We'll talk to you guys later. All right. Keep following Ubali Reports, and keep checking us out. All right. Have a good day.